Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. The word of our God that we consider together this morning is the Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 22. In the name of our God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, fellow children of God. There are those times that we hear news so shocking that we barely have the strength to say, why, Lord? This cannot be good at all. A cancer diagnosis, a job loss, an accident, a life ended by senseless violence, are times of testing that do not appear to us to be anything but bad. I can't imagine that Abraham reacted any other way than that when God's voice shook his life, saying, Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Did Abraham even hear that correctly? A burnt offering would require the life of his son. Why would God ask that of him? After all, Abraham and Sarah had waited so long for Isaac to be born. Not until 25 years after God first promised them a child did Isaac arrive. When Sarah was 90 and Abraham was a hundred years old. Why would God give them a child only to take him away from them? And besides this, the coming Savior was going to be one of Abraham's descendants. At this moment, Isaac was the only child that Abraham and Sarah had. If Isaac died, how could the promised Savior ever come? Abraham had to have wondered, why, Lord? Why is this happening? Now, God tells us something that Abraham didn't know at that time. Some time later, God tested Abraham. God was not intending Abraham to fail this test of faith, but rather God was at work to confirm the character and the genuineness of Abraham's faith and even to strengthen it. Abraham's faith had been tested before, but certainly this was the greatest test of Abraham's faith. Nothing can compare to the loss of a child. I have seen the grief that brings to parents' hearts. I have also seen the strength that God can give to grieving hearts at times like that. That faithfulness of God is the only possible explanation for what happened next. Early the next morning, Abraham packed up the necessary items for the trip. How do you think he felt when he looked at Isaac that morning and told them that they were going to be 
going on a journey together. Did he maybe encourage Sarah to give Isaac an extra long hug goodbye? Then Abraham and Isaac and two servants set out for three days of travel. As they neared the place that God had designated, Abraham instructed the servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will come back. How could Abraham say that when he knew what he was about to do? The confidence to say those words certainly did not come from Abraham's own strength and courage. Abraham then placed the wood for the sacrifice on Isaac's back and had him carry it the rest of the way. Abraham had some live coals to kindle the fire and the knife. And how the sight of that knife must have caused deep cuts of anguish in Abraham's heart. That anguish could only increase when Isaac asked, Father, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? With love for his son, he would not make it more difficult for him. So he simply said, The Lord will provide the lamb, my son. How could Abraham say that? Again, with strength that was not his own. They arrived at the designated place, and Abraham constructed an altar out of stones and arranged the wood on it. Did he maybe do this more slowly, trying to cherish every remaining moment with his son? Was Isaac looking around in concern, trying to find the lamb? And finally, the moment had come. Abraham had to tell Isaac that he was the sacrifice. Isaac did not rebel or try to run away from his elderly father. He allowed himself to be bound for sacrifice and placed on top of the wood. Abraham took the knife and raised his arm and was ready to direct it toward his son. In his heart and in his mind, he had decided to obey God's command. When suddenly, a voice from heaven locked his arm in place. Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. God had known all along how Abraham would respond to this test of faith because God knows all things. But do you know who didn't know? Abraham. But now he knew too. He learned how much more he could humbly trust and depend upon God who is always faithful. Abraham looked up and noticed a ram caught in the bushes nearby. How did it get there? The Lord provided it. And Abraham offered that 
on the altar where just moments before Isaac had been prepared for sacrifice. As Abraham stood there with Isaac safe and alive at his side, what do you suppose he was thinking? I'm sure he was overwhelmed with joy that God had provided a sacrifice to die in place of his son, that God had spared his son's life. I'm sure that Isaac was thankful too for that ram that died in his place. And they both worshipped God. Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. And then they went back to the servants just as Abraham had spoken in faith. God will never test us exactly as he tested Abraham. He will never ask this of anyone else. So what exactly does God want us to learn from this event? I think he wants us to learn the same thing that Abraham learned. The Lord will provide. We see that most clearly in a father who is preparing his son for sacrifice. We see this son, an only son, one whom his father loved. We watch him journeying towards that place of sacrifice. He does not deserve at all to be in that place of death because he alone is the holy and sinless one who always resisted every temptation and test of Satan. He carried the wood of the cross upon his own back. They led him to that hill just outside of Jerusalem that was very close to the hill where God had spared Isaac's life. Soldiers placed his body on the wood of the cross. Arms were raised to drive the nails, but this time no voice from heaven would stop this sacrifice. God the Father's voice was silent that day. He had forsaken the Son whom he loves. No ram in the bushes would suffice. No substitute could be found to pay the high price for sin that we should have paid. The nails were driven. The Son of God became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God provided his own sinless Son to die in our place to give to us the righteousness that declares us to be a child of God, a child he loves, a child he knows and calls by name, a child who stands at his side safe and alive now and forever because the Son of God died in our place. Because God the Father did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. So what does that mean for the times that we experience trials and testing and temptation? Doesn't it mean that 
the Lord will provide for us even then? When the devil tempts us to disobey God or to doubt his love, the Lord will provide. He gives to us his powerful word, the very word that Jesus used to overcome Satan's temptations. May we faithfully learn God's word and use it well when Satan speaks his lies. And when our faith is shaken by our failures and our sins, the Lord will provide then too. As we ask God not to remember the sins of our youth, as we did in today's psalm, as we recall things that we viewed online that we wish we had not, as we look back upon past tests of faith and see how weak and full of doubt we were, we can only pray, according to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. For every sin, the Lord provides the forgiveness that we need. And then we think about tests and trials, times of challenge that we face, Things like sickness or injury or lingering pain or loss of income or anything that can change the way that we had hoped our lives would go. What does the Lord provide in those times that look bad to us? We see how God used Abraham's test of faith to strengthen his trust and to deepen his appreciation of God's unfailing love. Our God can and does use the tests and the trials that we face to shape our faith in the way that he wants it to grow. He turns us away from depending upon our own strength so that we find our strength in him. When we are weak, then we are strong because God is strong and provides the strength that we need. He directs our eyes away from this sin-fallen world that is not our forever home to our home in heaven where temptations and trials and tests of faith will exist no more. When times of trouble and testing come, those things that look only bad to us. Remember, we are in the hands of God, even then. The God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and graciously along with him gives us all things. You have God's unfailing word and promise. The Lord will provide. Amen.